Why don't you read chapter 6, verses 1 through 10. Chapter 6? Chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6, 1 through 10. This is our key passage and will be for as long as we are in Isaiah. Am I allowed to ask? No, I can't ask No, you can't ask questions now. This is our opening prayer. No question. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go before us? Excuse me, go for us. Then I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go, and say this to the people. Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull, and their ears heavy, and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. Thank you, Lord, for this. For you, I didn't think about Jeff and doing his sermon. Um, the beginning of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, you are in heaven. You are the God who sits on the throne. The Lord, Yahweh, Elohim. And Father, we just praise you today and pray that as we open up this book of Isaiah that reveals so much about your heart, about who you are. May we be a people who hear with our ears, see with our eyes, and understand with our hearts. Mm. I just give you thanks personally, Lord. I was just thinking being up here as Bruce came up here first and just what a special place this upper room is. Mm -hmm. And we thank you that you um, are healing this nation, healing this church, healing us individually, that we can once again come back together and be how you desire us to be. One church, personally ministering, listening, hearing, and understanding one another. And so, Lord, we pray that that spirit, that Ruach of yours, will mildly come down upon us tonight in this little upper room 
Thank you, Lord, that you have forgiven us our sins, that you have freed us from the things of this world, that you've given us hope for a new world, and that today, even today, you are sitting on your throne while at the same time you are in us. That is incomprehensible. (laughs) Incomprehensible. But we thank you for your presence and may that presence guide us tonight. Bring us understanding. Help us to see something of you that we've never seen before. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, tonight we are going to be looking at chapter 5. But to look at chapter 5 and understand what is happening with chapter 5, we need to go somewhere else first. Um, And uh, so we are going to spend the first, I don't know what it will be, 30 minutes or something, um, looking at the very beginning of God's work, looking at God's creation. Um, And so... To do that, we're going to walk through that. You're going to keep your Bibles closed, phones off. <laughs> okay, and I'm going to have Steve get up for just a second because I'm actually turning this camera on because I want to record this. Um, actually, for Chad, <laughs> possibly if we ever want to use this or any of us want to use this at some point. So, um, we remember that. Yeah, it really happened. What do you remember? Breakdancing, which oh. is going to go down here. Yeah, it will. That could be what we're going to do. We might yeah. do some breakdancing. That's, that, break that's our that's yeah. our era. Yeah. yeah. Like oh, you break, we're breakdancing. That's what's happening. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Thing. That's we on that. Go see, us shorter people can kind of get in. You can actually yeah, do it? Yeah, we can do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I saved you the couch, Gil. All right, Steve. Here, back here. Or, or this. There, I'm going to that sit. camera. Okay. Nobody sat here because Jay isn't sitting there. <laughs> That's Jay's You're right. That is. Watch out. My eject. Whoo! I'm not going into this room. I'm not going there. All right. Um... So what I was just saying is we just read through chapter 6 of Isaiah. Um, we are going to be looking at chapter 5, but before we look at chapter 5 and under, feel to understand chapter 5, we need to look at it in light of the creation story. And so tonight we're going to look at God's creation story. Um, I don't think any of you have been through this before. Um, if you have... And you know what I what's going on? Just don't say anything. <laughs> but if you haven't, great. Okay, just um, sit down and sit down and enjoy. Um, so I'm going to be handing out different verses of Genesis one. Are we going to have to guess which one it is? No, no, it's all Genesis one. So I'm telling you what it is. <laughs> You're going to keep your Bibles closed, like I said, through all of this. Um, and what we what we're seeking to do really is to understand what does what has God done really in His creation, because as we're going to see, understanding that, and really I would say if you take a look at Genesis one, Genesis one is the place 
that we always can go back to to say, how did God want things to be? I mean, it is the blueprint <laughs> that he laid out. And it's in Genesis, obviously, 3, where that blueprint goes wrong. Obviously, Genesis 2 is included in that. If you take a look at Revelation 21, where God is going to end up, he's really ending up with an even better Genesis 1. <laughs> okay? Um, so, Genesis 1 is really the controlling narrative of everything that happens. You know, it's like starting a good movie. You know, you start out a good movie, and while everything's going good, and all of a sudden something goes wrong, you hit that you know, crisis point, and you're wondering, how is this going to ever resolve itself? You ever look at the flow of a movie, basically you have, it starts this way, you got a problem, then there's a climax that builds, wondering, you know, is it ever, how's it going to turn? And then once that climax happens, everything sort of resolves itself. And that's exactly the way. I, I actually think why we love stories and love books and love fiction and nonfiction and all that is because God implanted Genesis 1 in us and the whole way God's narrative works through Scripture is actually implanted in us as far as this is how God tells his story. So this is the beginning. So what I'd like to have you do is someone has... Genesis, I'm going to have you read. Um, I'll just call you out, and we're going to go through it in order. So I want you to, um, I want the first person, I want you to sort of read slowly. Okay, whoever has it. So who has Genesis 1-1? Okay. So, Gil, I want you to read, I want you to read slowly as you, as you read Genesis 1, 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You can stop there. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Okay, so you just read that. Now, what do you see? I see the planets. Is that what you, you see? Mean? The planets? Okay. I see the planets. All right. What do you see based on what you just read? Well, there's Jupiter. <laughs> um, what do you see based on what you just read? And see, well, remember when we think of Isaiah here, right? The whole action that you took uh -huh. was, was the explosion of. God's creation of the heavens and the earth. Okay. All right. And everything was... Yeah, what was everything? Before was carpet. <laughs> and what is, what is Genesis, what does Genesis um, call that carpet? For, uh, carpet? The darkness was yeah. over the surface yeah. of go. the deep. Yeah, very good. Deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. All right, okay. And notice what the state is. So what is the state of everything at this point? What words does God use to describe? Formless. formless? What else? Darkness. Darkness, very good. What else? Empty. So he says, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. That's 
what he describes as now. Formless and empty is the Hebrew word tohu vohu. Tohu vohu. It means utter chaos. Mm. Hmm. It means no structure, no nothing. It is literally is a word that in scripture means chaos. <coughs> There's no order whatsoever. And so when and God says, now the earth was tohu vohu, he's really saying the earth was complete chaos. Hmm. I can't, I just, it's energy? just a mess. Yeah. <laughs> I can't see anything. Like just energy? Like just a ball of energy? Is that like... Yeah, crazy. Yeah, like just fire this. Like, that's what I mean, like that. right. How come we don't speak Hebrew? Is because it's just way too cool of a language. It's a way too cool of a language. We actually should. I mean, come on, that's what a cool thing, dude, man. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. All right. You've got your foot on Venus there. All right. Who has three through five? The morning star Venus. Oh, I do. You do. Okay. So go ahead and read that. Yep. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Based on what we just read... What should you do with what I just handed you? Huh? So what yeah. did you just do? I separated day and night. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Separated so the light from the dark. Okay. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and put those down? Go ahead and put those down there. Okay. Great. Keep the <laughs> got that separation. Yeah. Um, okay. Who has six through nine? Oh, me. Okay. And God said, "Let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water." So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it, and it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place. (laughs) Okay, so describe, based on what you just read, describe to me what you have there, and Tell me what you're going to do with it, based on what you write. The water under the sky. Okay, so what is the water? Blue. Okay. Is what is the sky? Very blue. good. Okay. It's also blue. Also sky blue. It looks like the sky. <laughs> um, gathered to one place. Sky blue. Okay. Charles. All right, and what is the, how does it describe the relationship as to what those look like to each other? So, and you called the vault. Sky. Yeah, the vault. And so... Show me the relationship as far as how you would place them. And there was more. Separate the water from the vault. Um, They're they're Uh separate. Okay. All right. Okay. 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 Good. All right. What were you saying, Chris? Stack them. Upside down. Okay. Upside down. There you go. Or like this, I think. Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. Why don't you take that... And just place it down there, just like that. Do you guys see what he did there? Yeah. Based on what we just read? Yeah, separate it. Yeah, so divide, we have separation again. Let the vault be between the waters to separate water from water. It's the horizon. So God yeah. made the vault and separate the water under the vault from the water above it. So those now the waters, there's water separated below it, water above it. Okay, he called the water above it, we called the vault above it sky. 
All right. And what is he? What's he going to call the one below it? Do we think? Let's well, see. Let, yeah. So let's find it exactly. So um, who has nine and ten? Okay. Let's go ahead. And let dry ground appear, and it was so. God called the dry ground land, and the gathered waters He called seas. And God saw that it was good. Okay. So where do you want to place that? Hmm. <laughs> where does it go? I it just yeah. And I'm not saying there's a right or wrong. I'm just saying where, where would you place that based on what you just read? Um. And think about. Think about what we're creating here. And so where would you place that? I don't know the answer. <laughs> Anybody want to try? This is the rivers? I'd say next to the blue. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, there right. you go. Oh, all right. Okay. It's mid century. Got all that. That was all right. It's mid century modern. Right? Oh, well, Jenga. okay. Is that, what do you guys think about that? No, that's wrong. No, it's not right. No, it, should be, it should be like, maybe it should be like this. Maybe we should go. <laughs> mm. Mm. Like, ah, 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 ah. Well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> nice. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. All right. Um, who has 11 through 13? I've got it. All right. Go ahead, Bill. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds, and it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seeds, according to their kinds, and the trees bearing fruit with seeds and according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning on the third day. Okay, when you think of vegetation, what color do you think of? Green. Okay. Do you see anything that is green? Yes, a cup. A cup right there. Okay, do you see anything else that's green? <laughs> yes, Jesus. Uh, marble. Right yeah, do you see? Yeah. What did you say, Bruce? That marble right there. Okay. Which marble? The green one. The one, okay. the one Jason's trying not Bruce, to Bruce, why don't you grab that? Okay, does anybody else see? Does anybody else see any more green ones? There we go. Okay. So once you give that green one to Bruce. John and Steve sure. Okay. All right. So my mug. Okay. So what we have? So we have plants and vegetation, correct? Yeah. All right. Where do you want to place the plants and vegetation? Yes. In the ground. Very good. <laughs> you guys catch up. So bring us back. Like, you just say that. You're you've like, you've done this before, Eskid. No, no, he never has. I never had. <laughs> what were you saying, Chris? Jeff was just saying your son would just kill it at this game. It's like, <laughs> like, it's like you're bringing us what all guys right to like, kids that are like in the ground. <laughs> in the ground. <laughs> all right, who has? I do. Okay. <laughs> Fourteen through nineteen. Go ahead, Bruce. And God said, "Let there be light in the vault of the sky <coughs> to separate the day from the night, and let the." and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years and let them and let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth and it was so god made two great lights the greater light to govern the day 
and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning the fourth day. Okay, how many lights... Great uh, light city. Don't touch it. No, 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 no. No, no, that's, no, no, no. That's, Why is it not burning a hole? It was right next to the That's the, the sun. <laughs> okay. Yeah, All right. You guys, you guys, that's why I love you guys. You're just like always one step ahead of me. Okay, so um, Bill. Yeah. Grab it. And what do we call that? The sun. Okay, and which of the lights is that that it just talked about? The daylight. The, um, the one that illuminates the day. Okay, so where would you place the sun? Hmm. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. What do you think, Chris? No, it'd be in the white cup. It'd be in the white cup? Come on, Go ahead, Chris. Place that in the white cup. Oh, man. Bill, it was close. Well, okay. no, I'm not good at games. <laughs> Where, what other great light is there? The moon. <laughs> the moon. And where the is, moon. where does it say the moon is? It is, what's the moon? What's, where's the moon? The moon is, when do you see the moon? When does it, what, the moon lights up, and what does it light up? It lights up when things are, yeah. Where, so where do you should put, where should you put the moon? Get it. I, I, I hope you get it. I hope you get it. Oh! <laughs> you got a stuffed animal on me, man. Stuff it in there, Steve. Come on. Go ahead. Put the moon in there. Oh, that's so close. <laughs> All, right. All right. What are the other things we're still looking for based on this passage? The stars. The stars. What are the stars? All these, these silvery things. Yes, very good. See those? The black silvery? Those are the stars. Very good. Great. And where do the stars go? They go in the? Black cup. Right. So let's grab the stars. Chris, you want to grab one down there? Uh-huh. Yeah. Let's put them in the black cup. All right, who has verses 20 through 23? I do. You do, okay. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and that moves about in it according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on earth. And there was evening. And there was morning, the fifth day. Okay, so where are the water creatures? What do you think? Which ones represent the water creatures? Oh, the blue. Are in the blue. The blue. So once you grab those blue, and where do the water creatures go? They go in the water. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, where are the birds? A little bit harder this time. The birds are in the... They're in the sky. Okay, so which ones do you blue. think the birds are? You're right, Chris. So there's that. 
and that one, and that one there. Okay, so we're very good. Why are those the birds and not those the birds? Well, you know, you got to make choices. Little physics choices. This is the only time I ever get to play God. So. Okay, all right. So if you choose, there's a right hand. Yeah, I don't think you can. Ever great team. Because I said so. Yes. Thanks. And where is God in this equation? That's will be done. Wow, nice job, Bruce. That's twice. Okay. Um, oh, God. <laughs> you guys are wrecking creation. Forget it. <laughs> this is why God said it. Oh, this is frustrating. <laughs> it's like, you don't have to. It's oh, like the shoes. Yeah. Oh! Break dancing. You know what? That's, I had to redeem myself. You got it. It's pretty good. Okay, so we got the birds. They're in the what? Sky. The sky. Okay, very good. One of the birds is in the green. Yeah, I think one of the birds went out. One of the birds died. Why don't you know the architect of that? It's repeatable. Oh, yeah. Maybe more of a. Okay, who has 24 and 25? Feathers, right? And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds. The livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. So what are the living creatures? The tiger's eyes. The tiger eyes. Yeah, Very the tiger good. Eyes. So and where oh, where do the where do the no nope, no don't not that just the ones that look all orange. Just the little ones. Oh, nope, nope. Okay. Look at your hand. Don't put, don't put Adam in there. Uh oh. Oh yeah. <laughs> good. There we go. Where are you gonna put that? Leave Adam and Eve. We're gonna go on the ground. I see this plastic thing is the ground. Well, but where, based on what we have there with our cups, That's the which is the land? <laughs> there is green, one of the living, the living <laughs> creatures go in the land. Everyone That's thinks. The flatter. The green cup. The green cup. Green cup. Yeah, we were right. The living creatures go in the land, which is the green cup. So remember when God created it? Oh, there it is. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> You're an artist. You're colorblind? It was the angle. Light them out. It was the angle. Widen the green to blue out. Bill, you do it. Yeah, yeah. But then break down. Greg, Charlie wanted to know, are we talking about a flat earth here? This looks like a flat earther. We got a flat earther. I knew it. I'm just looking. When we get to the end, Charlie will take it and turn it into the earth. (laughs) Take a boat and you go far enough. You go off the edge. Thanks for the flat earth right now. So... What do we expect at this point, um, based on uh, the passage actually we read before this? Um, I meant to ask this question, but what do we expect that as I look in these cups, what do I expect to see happening? Depends on how high your expectations are. Well, no, think about what is, in fact, if anybody remembers, so... Growth. What? Growth. Growth. Okay. At the beginning, no. it was chaos. Life. So order. There's, yeah, there's order, but life. And, life. Yeah, and so life does what to itself? Life replicates. Very good. Okay, so it said in verse 22, God blessed them, 
Mm-hmm. Okay, being the living creatures. Be fruitful. Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water of the seas and let the birds increase in the earth. Yeah. So you have the plants, you have the birds, you have... And so as I would be sitting here like that, according to God's creation, how everything was created, I should be like looking at these cups and pretty soon just start filling up. Filling right? up, growing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Okay. Who has 26 through 28? All right, Chad. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Okay, so Chad, where are we? At the end of the chapter? No, but where are we looking at what you have down there? Who who did God just create? Adam and Eve. Which is? Mankind. Us, right? So where are we? No, I want you to look down there and where are we? He's created something, right? On the ground. Okay. So where, which, which one do you think represents male and female? Uh, well, obviously the last two marbles. Okay. Very good. Okay. All right. So, where are you going to put us? Why don't you go grab us? The more colorful plumage is usually. Make us fly. Make us fly. <laughs> I think we just need to go in the ground. Now the blue right? has got to be the guy. Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> the brighter <laughs> colors is okay. The so, yeah, the female. All right, so the Chad's person. now got to play. Well, he gets true. to play God I mean, right the now. Plumage, right? Yeah, yeah, so where, especially in where, bird life. Let's watch. Let's watch where Chad's going to place us. Oh. I mean, people live on the land. So, okay. So then put us on the land. Unless you're a sailor. All right. Is he right? <laughs> I don't know if I'm right. <laughs> roll over the ocean and... Wrong, Chad! <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! So, based on what you Let's just heard... Okay. In there with the so, what's, what, are the, what are the animals going to be doing? They're e- eating the people. Yeah. <laughs> now. <laughs> They're multiplying. <laughs> They're multiplying, exactly. They're multiplying. And the humans, what are they going to do? Multiply. Eventually multiply. They're going to multiply, too. But what else are, what's different now about the humans? They're in God's image. Okay, very, very good. Okay, so everything we've seen here, only male and female are created in God's image. And what does God say, the male and female, they're obviously going to be fruitful and multiply, but what are they, what, what, did God create them to be doing? To rule over the relationship with the animals of the ocean, the sky, and the land. Do you hear that? Yeah. Everyone and hear a, that? A moving creature. Very good. What does it not say that humans are to rule over? Each other. Other people. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, who has 29 through 31? Gosh, wouldn't that, isn't that, it's just... <laughs> Then God says, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. 
and for all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it is so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Okay. So what are the plants for? For eating. For eating. That's right. So the plants replicate and reproduce, and they're there for? Oxygen and food. Yeah, very good. For everyone. Everything. Shade, all that good stuff. So... What word does God use to describe each one of these days of creation? It's, After it's he's good. done, he says it is... It's very good. good. He good. says it's good. There was morning and evening. And what does he say the last day? It's very good. It's very good. But, but he doesn't say morning and evening. He says evening and morning. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I've often yeah. wondered why. It's true. Ask God. Because darkness came first. <laughs> what? Darkness was first. That might be why. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. a good, that's a good question. Yeah, maybe it was yeah, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> now, one thing that's just as a note, what I'm thinking about. One thing that's interesting about this passage is, you know, this this was written uh, directly up against the Mesopotamian other creation stories, and very very different in many ways from them. Um, and What's also interesting about Genesis 1, it's the only place in all of Scripture where you have all the different types of literature pretty much come together in one in Genesis 1. Mm-hmm. You have narrative, you have history, you have poetry, you have pretty much like a, a little mix of everything, which makes this all really like, wow, what, what, what is God doing here and what's he trying to describe? So I want you to think back at Genesis 1-2, at the very beginning of the beginning. And God used two words to describe what it was like then. And what was those two words that that he used? Formless and empty. Tohu vohu. He said everything was tohu vohu, which means it was formless and empty. Now, I want you to tell me the two English words you would use for what you now see that God has done. It started as, tell me those two words again, formless and empty. I want you to look at what God just did in his creation. Complete. And how would you call, how would you call, what would you call complete? Okay, definitely complete. He created everything. Created everything, okay. Formed and full. What? <laughs> Formed, Formed and full. Okay, so can That's you describe awesome. that for me? Can you describe that for me? Well, from chaos, nothing, formless, there's form now. And okay, what's was, the form? It was totally... So when you look at this, man, tell me what form... What's Earth, the form here? Stars. When you look at this, just use that language of what you see right in front of you. What would you say is the form? The land, the sky... Right, but don't use that. Look at what you actually see physically right now with your eyes. What is the form you're looking at? What is it represented by? Cups. Three cups. Cups. Very good. Cups. Okay, you see that? Yes. Okay. And then you said form and what? Full. Full. Opposite of empty. Right. So what? What did? What? What makes it full? What does he fill? Full of marbles. 
He's filled the right. He's filled the marbles. And what does he fill those marbles into? Into the cups. Into the cups that are represent the form. Creation. Yeah. Form. Okay. So you see how God started with complete chaos. Messy and then organized. Right. Messy, Completely formless and empty. Did you see the order of God's creation? Did you see how phenomenally majestic our God is in how he created? Notice what he created and notice the order. Yeah. Yeah, so to describe that to me. If you were to... Okay, so now here's your, here's your, here's your challenge. I want you to describe for me, using the language of cups and marbles, describe for me the order of God's creation. Using the language of cups and marbles. Okay? Well, what, number one, the marbles spread out all over. Those okay. chaos. Those chaos. chaos, right. Chaos. Then what happens next? Separates the Separates Dark. Black and white cups. Darkness and... Separates light right, from the darkness. Okay, so black cup and the white cup. Yeah. Okay, yeah. black cup and white cup, which is our, are they forms or are they f- the Ooh. things you fill it up with? It's no, they're, the they're forms. Oh, forms. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. Well, yeah, they're forms. Right. So we start with nothing, basically chaos. Mm. He creates. What does he create first? Does he create the fill or the form? The form. The form. He creates the form. Yeah, the form. Do you notice that? As you went along, when did I start telling you to put the marbles into a cup? Once the form was already made. Once the form was already made. You still have to have a form in order to hold the the marbles. You have to have a cup to hold the marbles. The entire form was there before any of the fillers. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, it was like Do you see, functional. I mean, and you know, people sometimes look at Genesis 1 they go, oh, well, that's not scientific. Well, heck it is. I mean, heck it yes. describes, think of anything on the face of this earth right now. Yeah. You can look at, I would say, anything and describe it in terms of a, of a form or a fill. Okay. So, think of you artists that are in here and what you create. Okay, think of like Gil and John and Jason. Does anybody else paint? I know Jeff tries. Um, I'm teasing you. He just painted his He draws. He draws. He draws. I know. I'm just joking. I'm joking. You can get me back for that one, Jeff. Um, You will. What is the form you that you do? You start out with paint yeah. and just start going like this yeah, all over the room. Canvas. You start with a canvas. Yeah. You start with the form. And your paint. And then your paint is what fills that canvas. Okay? Bill Darnell makes this. A cup, as it turns out. We should have the color of the sky. <laughs> that's right. Okay. That's the sky. Or maybe What the is water. this cup? It is a form. It's a form. It's a vessel. Okay? That's right. And what did what did Jeff fill it with? Tea. <laughs> well, first water. Can I say it was good? Yeah. It was first good. it was water, then came the tea. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you look out. You look good. out here at the ocean. <laughs> what do you have? God's creation. Yep. Mm-hmm. You look yeah. at. You look at your car. A car has got a form. It's filled a bunch of stuff. But what does a car get filled with? Humans. Humans. Yeah. Okay. Gas. I, <laughs> Expensive gasoline. <laughs> Expensive gas. Expensive gas. Yeah. 
Electricity. Sir. Yeah. If you ever want to think about how do I worship God all day long, yes. just look at the form and fill of everything. Right. Everything. That's what the artist does. Form. All day long. Okay. Filled. Words. Okay. Look at this room. The upper room. It was a form, but we haven't filled it for a year. Mm-hmm. Now it's filled yeah. with us. You know, you think of you get married, you move into a house, the form. What do you fill it with? Furniture, but you fill it with human yes. beings. Yeah. With so, love. Yeah. So this love is God's. So when God, when everything is right, just righteous means set right. When everything is set right and things are in right relationship, the animals are not eating the humans. The mm-hmm. animals are eating the Grass. plants. Okay, or well, uh, yeah, yeah, here, okay. The fish. No. The humans are ruling over the fish and the sea and everything, but they're not ruling over each other. Each other. You can see how everything. This is God's plan. And God's, when we take a look, as we're going to in Isaiah, throughout Isaiah, we have this, we have this, oh my gosh, here is a God of judgment, a God of wrath. Okay, a God of justice. When we think of the word justice, justice is actually the same word as means righteousness. The same word that comes from righteousness in scripture. To be right. When God is executing his justice, he is trying to set right back the way of what he originally planned it to be. You, you just used the word, though, trying, but it's not. He's well, he setting does. it right. Well, he is setting it right. Thank you. No, that's, I don't that's mean to correction. be... No, but that's a great correction. It is. You're absolutely right. He will. Let's put because this right. that's what, that's what Isaiah yeah. is all about. Right. He will set it right. Uh-huh. It, will be, it will be this. <laughs> yeah. But what we're going to look at tonight, and that's why I did this, is what we're going to look at tonight is... is how does he go about doing that? What happens when things go wrong? And how does he set things right? And chapter 5 we're going to look at gives us a lot of insight into that. Okay. Boy, yes. that illustration was fabulous, honestly. That's fun. It just was so clear. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, I was just thinking, this is just like a little mm-hmm. tidbit, but I remember um, hearing Hugh Ross is this astrophysicist. And um, he was saying before he was a Christian, he became really interested in creation narratives. Mm-hmm. And he's like, every culture has one. Every religion has a creation narrative. And they're all over the place, right? right. And he said what drew him to Christianity is that the <clears throat> order of the forms is what they can actually witness through a telescope happening, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As they see, like, ongoing mm-hmm. creation occurring. And they would go... This follows, each of these forms follows exactly what they see. And he was saying, for this little primitive tribe of people with no telescope, right? They're they're writing about phenomena that they really can't observe, right? right? And he was just going, it was compelled. Anyway, it's kind of a cool little story. As you're talking about the forms, he was like, what is going on here? His name's Hugh Ross. Ross. You can get him on YouTube. It's, he's wonderful. Yeah. That's when you were saying, too, at the very beginning, it's something scientific or not scientific, like they might attach to you know, an old document, such as yeah. Genesis 1. But uh, don't scientists, I'm 
not in the science at all. They use a periodic table of elements. Mm -hmm. And so all of these are elements. Oh, absolutely. And they've all been put with like kind. So it's just evidence of a God of order. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I've never been able to figure out why somebody who is who, who is so in tune to science and observes constantly the order of things, why that wouldn't be such a... A key to that. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Or a cardiologist, a heart doctor, yeah. seeing the incredible miracle yeah. Yeah, of everything. Yeah. I mean, that's why you're, you're seeing, and I think Jeff knows, I mean, you are you are seeing scientists, many scientists who become Christians because of the, and physicists, too, because yeah. they start looking at this, they go, <laughs> this might be a little off, uh, This is order, right? A little off yeah. the subject, uh-huh. but in Genesis, we're talking on the creation part where separating the waters to the one and then the like. Yes, I heard a theory about the canopy at the time, mm-hmm. a water canopy. It's actually that that's the like, word. That's actually the word canopy. Yeah, that is a almost like a greenhouse effect. Things were perfect. Mm. You know, there was no need for rain or anything else. Water from underneath and water from above was right. a protected canopy. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. I think explains yeah. some of the long life that was. The oh, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. You know, that's a great insight because I've often wondered when it said rain hadn't been on the earth, and I thought, huh? But that makes that makes sense. Well, you read that account on the flood too, where the water literally gushed from underneath and also from above. You know, it just makes you think that things radically changed after the flood. You know, it was like a whole new world. All right. Anyway, let's hope. No, that's good. No, no, no. Let's no, no, open no, up to chapter good. five. That's a cool image, Greg. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Especially the burst of marbles coming yeah. out. Yeah, that's right. That was the best. See, we were, we were <laughs> that's part. That was very dramatic. I thought I do this. A, I used to do this a lot up in the Bay Area with um, this one of our core lessons, and it was like we had a table, and you would take we'd take the table, and I was going to do it up here, but it's easier with this. Uh, take a black, take a black cloth over a table, a black, you know, so you represent sort of that darkness. Yeah. And you got, you have a whole group of you match your adult people around the table, uh-huh. and you read this, and when you throw, and then you got the marbles out, and you throw those marbles out. Whoa. Everyone just like. <sighs> you, you definitely get people's attention though. Yeah, for sure. Well, it, it, <laughs> got, all it got all of us. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, okay. So in chapter 5, just on page 28, um, there's two things we're going to look at. Um, the first one is actually a parable, um, or, or actually a song um, can be looked at. And that's going to be ch- um, chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. All right, so we're going to look at that first. And then we're going to look at the judgment that happens um, as we look at the rest of the chapter there. So... Um, let's um, try to think who's good at reading poetry or I mean does anyone want to claim to be good at reading poetry or singing a song does anyone want to sing for me (laughs) sing this no 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 (laughs) (laughs) okay so we have a big no over here Gil, you write poetry. You should do it. <laughs> yeah, actually, Gil, you do read poetry. So why don't you just, without even, I know it's hard when you were trying to read it for the first time. Why don't you read and think of you reading poetry 
and read 5, 1 through 7. And just sort of as he reads it, you know, listen not so much as just words, but listen to sort of like the poetry. You know, poetry elicits emotion. It draws a listener in. It's, it's relational in a lot of ways. So go for it, Gil. Thanks. Let me sing for my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and hewed out a wine vat in it. And he looked for it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not done in it? When I looked for it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? And now I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge and it shall be devoured. I will break down its wall and it shall be trampled down. I will make it a waste. It shall not be pruned or hoed, and briars and thorns shall grow up. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are his pleasant planting, and he looked for justice, but behold, bloodshed. For righteousness, but behold, an outcry. Beautiful. Thank you. When, when you taught the Beatitudes, the one that just blew me away was righteousness. Because what we've been hungering for it's justice and righteousness. Yeah. So, so what do we? What, what? When you guys just heard that, what? Anything stand out? Anything strike you? Feelings, emotions, just what you heard. What? What, what are we? Just what are like we doing here <laughs> with this? <laughs> What's God doing with this? It's kind of intense. Uh huh. You know from. Five down, it just gets really emotional, like mm. God's emotion. You know, it's like He's. That visual helps me read this better, by the way. So it was kind of nice. You know, it's like He wanted this perfect vineyard. I mm. think of it like that. He wants yeah. this perfect vineyard, and it, we are the wild grapes, and it's like we've mm. totally ruined the perfect image of what He wanted here. Mm. And then He, and then He, I will tell you what I will do now and that's mm -hmm. his rapture and his uh -huh. it's, it's it's intense it's very and that's that that five through eight is 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 that's God's wrath yeah you know mm -hmm. yeah and um, yeah it's it, that that visual really helped me see because he wants it to be perfect so bad yeah but exactly. we, we became the wild grapes and we ruined his creation yeah. you see how what God's doing here is that he's I use to represent creation 
I use cups and marbles. Right. What is God using here to represent his people and what's going on? His vineyard. His vineyard. Which is delicate. Yeah. Now, what's interesting Uh is the term beloved. Yes. Yes. It is. (laughs) And that term is actually two different words, and actually that's what it really means, is, is if someone is talking to the one they are just absolutely in love with. And so what's interesting here is, who is the beloved? That's right. It we sounds are. pretty prophetic. Well, well, who is the beloved us. in this passage? I believe we would be, wouldn't we? We would be, wouldn't we? Yeah. Well, no. No, no look, look at it. Oh, 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 I see. Who is the beloved? It's like God speaking to himself. Well, yeah, very so interesting. So, you, yeah, you're just picking up that irony here. Is it yeah. starts out is like a song and think of it like think of the Israelites think of Isaiah wow prophetically speaking this out to the Israelites okay to Israel and as they're first hearing it it sounds like they're singing a what type of song a love song a love song song. exactly you know I sing to my beloved and here's like Isaiah who is so in love with his God. He says, I'm singing to my beloved. I'm singing to my God. All right. My love song concerning his, God's vineyard. He says, my beloved had a vineyard. Exactly. And it's had. Yeah. Which is, is interesting. Very good. God had no, that's a good. You pick up the tense. Really excellent. Yeah. yeah. And it's like he had this vineyard until we became wild. Yeah. What do you just pick up on just verses 1 and 2? Just cha- just verses 1 and 2. What are you picking up? So, beloved, like you just said, Jason, that's really good. Okay, so here's here's this one that we love, and he has a vineyard. And what else do we find out in verse 2? How would you describe what What is the song? Before we even know where it's going to go. It was perfect. It was choice. It was, exactly. The word fertile is there. It was yeah. like this wonderful thing. <clears throat> well, and it's clear that he, he took... Pains to create it. Right, right. It wasn't yeah. just there. Ex- exactly. He worked it. What, what, what did, what did God do to create this vineyard? He cleared the yeah, stones. Cleared the stone he planted it. Yeah, yeah. He built a watch tower. Hewed out a wine vat. Yeah, yeah. With choice you know, vines. Right. You know, you know what? Have you ever seen a, an old hewed out <coughs> wine vat? It's like a giant slab of stone that they're just they carve oh, wow. out like bigger wow. than this room that they carve wow. out like eight feet deep. It's incredible. Wow. Wow. You look at it and go, that would have taken some time. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting that he uses a vineyard too because a yeah. vineyard is very delicate and it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Right. And I, watched, I watched a lot of documentaries on vineyards because I mean I. I love vineyards, and 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 I did, and I like how they make them, and how they like these guys in Italy. You know, they're out there bare hand still with like the yep. old tools, and they make them in the work. Like he said, when they carve those things out, it's a lot of work. Right. And it's and it, it's a lot, and it's very easy to ruin a vineyard too. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I find it very interesting. So who's the one that created the vineyard here? God. Huh. Yeah, and he's the one that created. It. So just like when we did all this, right. yeah. who was the one who did it all? Did we do anything? No. no. Zip. <laughs> we we weren't around for most, yeah. of, for most of the days, right? Yeah. God did everything. He's saying, I've done every single thing that you right. need. Now, so what do you, when you see he built a watchtower in the midst of it, mm-hmm. what do you, what, what do you I think we're hearing there? The watchtower. What's the watchtower for? 
And in the vineyard, do you know why they make a watchtower? And what do they do with the watchtower? I don't know what that make, is. make sure there's no steel. fires or thieves. Or thie- okay. It's like a lighthouse. It's like, it is like a lighthouse. And you know, people live in the watchtower. Hmm. Okay. So who lives in this watchtower of this vineyard that is created here? Looking over the vineyard and caring God. for it. God. Yeah. Yes. God. Okay. In the vineyards of the Central Valley, they have watchtowers. Yeah. yeah. And so God says, I've created this, and not only did I create this vineyard, but I like, I'm like, I live in it. They think even the, um, the, the hewed out wine vat that's talked about there um, is maybe even representing almost like the altar of God. Okay, hmm. But it's like, I've created this. And when you read about Genesis, where's, when we looked at this, where is God living? Everywhere. Where is God's temple in this? What did you say? I didn't say it. Yeah, okay. I didn't <laughs> <laughs> At this point, it's all over. He's hovering. In all creation. He's hovering. He's hovering. Yeah. He's Actually, spirit. it's like the vineyard. Yeah. When God created his creation of this earth, I don't know if you know this or think you have ever thought about this, his temple is here on earth. That's where God lives. He created the earth not just for us to live. The earth is his for temple. To live into, yeah. Good point. Okay. And Which that's is why where in Revelation, it, right? He says hey, God will live with His people. That's right. God the way, will the way be. It was meant to be. God yeah. will be with, with us. His people. Okay. The earth and us and everything you saw there. God didn't just create just for us. He created so He will live with us and have a relationship. Yes, exactly, exactly. Most important part. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So you see, here now, God has created this vineyard. Who does the vineyard represent? Here, in, in this passage. His Who's people. the vineyard? His people. His, His people. people. Which is who at this point in time? Jerusalem. In this point in time, Jerusalem. Judah. Israel, Israel Judah. Jerusalem, Judah. Right, exactly. Okay. All lukewarm. All right, and then... what? Then So then what happens? He says, I've created all this, and then... Wild grapes. Yeah. What are wild grapes? Well, very specifically, it says, when I looked to it to yield grapes. Now, once you think of the creation story, what do we say that the vine, what does the vine, the great, great, great vines do? They, they what? Reproduce. They create fruit, right? That's the way God created things. And he created things for it to produce good grapes, right? Mm-hmm. But what kind of grapes is this producing? The actual word in Hebrew here yeah. means stinky. <laughs> like a peanut. It literally means stinky. <laughs> sour grapes. I was going to say sour grapes yeah. too. Yeah. Stinky, stinky is the actual literal word. Stinky <laughs> grapes, meaning that both the word in Hebrew means stinky and um, was it? unuseful. Mm. Yeah. Like completely you just throw it away. Yeah. It's bad. That's the word for wild there. The word wild, wild is actually stinky and stinky. Um, can't be used. Let's see. Almost think stinky like is better than wild. Yeah. 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 It won't it's like useless. Wine. So it's, it doesn't just describe the smell. It describes the usefulness of those grapes. Mm. No longer useful. Yeah. Not mm. sweet, but bitter. Right. Right. Mm. Um. Okay, and then what? And then what do we find out in five and six? Uh, 
he takes away the I think it's interesting in three where he said he asked you to choose between him and the vineyard. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. It's like almost like choosing between him and like the ways of the world. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, good. And that's, that's right. Yeah, very good. It calls out on every aspect of this of the whole book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what happens in Make five and choice. six now? He takes it away. Yeah. He does he? What does he do? I mean, it's more than that. But yeah. What? Yeah. What does he do now? I want you to think about the lesson we did in Genesis one. He's literally. What is he doing in 5 and 6? If you think about what he did here, what is he doing in 5 and 6? Like removes his protection, right? Yeah. Green cup gone. <laughs> uh, tips over the... Judgment time. The water one, it floods it. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's judgment time. So what is judgment doing in reading this and thinking about what we saw happen here... Mm-hmm. What is judgment actually doing? Isn't it's judgment. tearing them down. It's tearing down. Yeah, tearing them Very down. good. The form. It's yeah. what? Tearing down the form. What's it doing yeah, yeah. to the form? What's the form here? What words do you see with form here in the vineyard? What words of form do you see? The hedge. The hedge. The Excellent. Wall. The wall. Very yeah. good. Okay. Yeah. She'll be devoured. So you have this vineyard, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden that's the form. Okay. If you go to any vineyard, you see the form, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And what's he doing? He's tearing that down. And then what does he do with what's inside? <laughs> he lets it be. Make it a waste. Overtake yeah. It. yeah, make it a waste. Yeah. Uh, so doesn't care for it. creation, God's creation, when he's involved, he takes what is chaos, tohu bohu, and creates what? Tohu yeah, yeah. Creates creates, what does he create out of it? He creates what words are we going to use? Form, form, fill. He creates order, order. the way things are supposed to be. When he's bringing a, about, when he brings about his judgment, do you see what he's doing? He's bringing back He's what? He flattens it. He flattens it. What is he doing? He's yeah, He's removing the form. That's right. He's taking and. Basically, returning things back mm-hmm. to chaos. the way they were without chaos. him. Chaos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why does he do that? Because he wants to reform them in a new and deeper yeah. way. Why are we called the new creation? God created us as new creation. Why? Because the old had to be <laughs> tohu bohu. Had to be returned back. And you see this pattern in scripture. That's what the Exodus is all about. The Exodus is a new creation moment. Okay, when Jesus came and died on the cross, that's a new creation moment. In Revelation, it will become the ultimate creation moment. <laughs> okay, so you see what God does is when things get out of order and man comes in and does what man does, God takes and that's what judgment really is. For justice to be set right, often what has to happen is either for the from us, our own what we did, or God comes along and too and sort of says, I'm going to take away all the form of the field. <laughs> I'm going to just let it all get torn down. Because he's going to build it back up again. 
interesting, Greg, that he doesn't answer the questions asked. Like when he says, what, when I looked for it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? That's what I underlined, too. Yeah, he's, he's asking that question. What more was there well, for me to do in my opinion? Okay. In my opinion. So, okay, good question. What's the, what is the purpose of God speaking this through Isaiah? What is God hoping will happen? I want you to think about that for a moment. There's a purpose why God wrote this love song or this poem or this section of the vineyard. Why is God doing that? So that, so that they repent? Okay, excellent. Very good, Jason. You guys remember um, someone named King David? Mm-hmm. Oh, him. Okay, <laughs> what did it take for King David to repent? Okay. Huh. It takes a broken and contrite heart. Well... It does, but how, you've got a friend, you know, you've got, you've got a friend, okay, uh, I'll, I'll take me for a second, second, okay, and you see that I am just, I have, like, gone off the deep end, I'm involved in sin, yeah, and you, and now if you come up to me, and you want, you want God to, like, like, get my heart and change me, change that, and get me to repent, Okay. Don't we all wish we'd come up to people and do that? Yeah. How how does God do that? Think about how God did that with David. How did God get David? Well, first of all, he sent a prophet. The prophet, the prophet Nathan came and told him. him. But he also killed his son. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The prophet Nathan busted him. How did the prophet Nathan bust him? Did the prophet Nathan go up to King David and go? You sinner, you're going to hell. God's wrath is coming upon you unless you repent right now. That's not how he did it. He told, that's that's not how he, did. He, he told a story. He told a story. That was pretty good, though. Yeah. He told he to, him. He scared him. He said, 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 he why did he tell that story? What was the purpose of that story? So, so that David would right. pronounce judgment on the person in the story. Did you guys hear that? Did everyone? Did you guys just hear what, what Bill said? Why did God, why did Nathan tell this story? So that David would come around and put judgment in that story on the guy that, you know, and then it turned out to be him. Okay, did you just hear that? Okay, so I want you to listen to the story. I want you to listen to how God does, does this here, okay? This is uh, Nathan rebuking David. It's actually good for all of us if we ever have to go up to someone and, you know, have that awesome task of trying to call them out of sin. <laughs> so it says, And the Lord sent Nathan to David. He came to him and said to him, There were two men in a certain city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb, which he had bought. And he brought it up, and it grew up with him and with his children. It used to eat all of his morsels and drink from his cup and lie in his arms, and it was like a daughter to him. Now there came a traveler to the rich man, and he was unwilling to take one of his own flock or or heard to prepare for the um, guests who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. 
All right, that's the story. Then David, just exactly what Bill said, then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. What man? The man of the story. The king who had done this to the poor man. Okay. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, a man who has done this deserves to die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. So David's hearing the story and going, I'm bringing judgment on that man, okay, who did this. Nathan says to David, you are that man. Yeah. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you out of the hand of Saul, and I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your arms and gave you the house of Israel and of Judah. And if this were too little, I would add to you as much more. Why have you despised the word of the Lord and done what is evil in his sight? And then... I'll skip a little bit. And then what ends up happening, David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And David repents. Mm -hmm. This vineyard story is exactly what God's doing to Israel. Is exactly what happened with David. If you notice, because it goes back to your qu the question about these questions that are being asked. In verse 3, you know, it says, And now, oh, inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. All right? What more was there to do for the vineyard? Okay, and then it goes through, and you hear the judgment that takes place. And the people of Israel are thinking as they're listening to this, they're going, "Ah, oh, who could have done that? Who, who among us could have done this?" All right, and they're wanting to say, "I'm bringing judgment upon the Israelites." To say, "I want to bring judgment upon whoever has done this." And then in verse seven is the same thing that happens when. Nathan says to David, you are the man. It's exactly the same thing that happens in verse 7. When it says, for the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel. Now the people of Judah are there going, yeah, Israel. They're the northern kingdom. They are sinners. They don't even have the same worship place we do. They intermarry with everybody else. I, don't, I can see that God's doing this. And all of a sudden they read, and the men of Judah. <laughs> the entire nation of Israel northern and southern just got completely nailed for their sin okay and the men of Judah are his pleasing planting pleasant planting and he looked for justice but behold all there was was bloodshed for righteousness but behold an outcry so God hears Basically, they let the people figure out, oh, I'm going to do just like David. I'm going to say, oh, that band, that, those people are wrong. They're the ones who are in sin, not me. And all of a sudden, God turns it around and says, you are those people. And his purpose is he wants to have them repent <laughs> to restore that order. Do they do it? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And so, what you have with the rest of chapter 5 is these woes of judgment that God, God now, it's almost like he gives them this chance, they're not repenting, and now he's going to bring that judgment on them. 
okay, and specifically identify what's going on. So I want you to, I'll, I'll read it, but as I do, what I want you to think about is our creation story again. How is God through these woes, I'm going to use the word uncreating, <laughs> so to speak, allowing man and people to basically take what they have done and bring it upon themselves. We talked about the boomerang, yep. okay? I mean, that's what you end up having going on here. Um, what is my little thing here? Um, we had said the boomerang is what has been done by them will be done to them. Sort of the principle of what was happening. What was done by the people of Israel and the leaders is now through judgment going to be like a boomerang. They did these things. It's going to come back around and and it's going to be what judges them. It's going to be what comes back on top of them. All right. So you notice that it says in here, look at the first one. Just as an example of that, look at like the first woe. Yep. Woe those who join. And think about now. Think about the creation story and how things are supposed to be. Okay. So look at, at verse eight. Woe to those who join house to house, who add field to field, until there is until there is no more room. And you were made to dwell alone in the midst of the land. The Lord of hosts has sworn, sworn in my hearing, Surely many houses shall be desolate, large and beautiful houses without inhabitants. For ten acres of the vineyard shall yield but one bath, and a homer of seed shall yield but one epaph. What are the people of Israel doing here that's going to come back on them? What do you think is being described here? They are amassing wealth and land and property and not looking out for you know the exactly. you see that you guys doesn't sound like us <laughs> it's exactly greed right yeah. they're just amassing all the stuff and as they amass it what ends up happening to those that they take it from they're crushed yeah so they're so imagine they're they're going and buying all this property and they're buying all these houses for themselves, okay? And as they do then, they take over the land. What ends up happening to those people that were there? What that land was supposed to be filled with was God's people. Yeah. All of a sudden, God's people is pushing people out of that land for their own greed. Mm-hmm. And then what does God do? What's the judgment? He says, you want to be without anything? <laughs> I'm going to take now all that that you have amassed and I'm going to take it away from you. I'm going to do to you what you did to them. What you did to them. Yeah. See how that happens there? So they're now made to dwell alone. Their houses that they amassed are desolate. These beautiful houses, no inhabitants. God has removed them. <laughs> Taking them away. So you sort of see that principle again? What God, what yeah. we do to others. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Comes back on us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you see how the creation, how people. So notice also what we what do we say in the creation story? What's the role of the people? Is to rule over the animals. The, right. Not. The, 
each other. other. You see what's happening here? They're ruling over each, They're ruling over each other. Over and over again. Yeah. And what's and look at verse ten even. The ten acres of the vineyard shall yield but one bath. In essence, what's happening here is saying the, the these vineyards are supposed to yield and reproduce. Remember what what is humans supposed yeah. to do? Reproduce for right. good? No longer are they able to reproduce. Just the same thing as in creation. You see this reversal. They're supposed mm-hmm. to reproduce. No longer are they. They're infer- infertile. You know. Um, so again, you just see God reversing everything here. And he goes through and does this over and over again with all these woes. Woes to those who um, rise early in the morning that they may run after strong drink. This doesn't happen anymore. Who tarry late into the evening as wine inflames them. They have lyre and harp, tambourine and flute, and wine at their feasts, but they do not regard the deeds of the Lord or see the work of his hands. Okay. So therefore, my people, and interesting, God is still saying, my people. Mm-hmm. He's saying, these are my people. I care about these people. I want them to repent. Therefore, my people, what does he do? Okay, They're supposed to be in the land, fill, the people are supposed to fill the land of Israel. What does he do to bring judgment? He Go to exile. exiles them from the land. Yeah. Again, reversal of the creation story. <laughs> The filling of the form that's supposed to be filled with God's people is now empty. Hmm. And he sends them into exile. But he's only given up on them for the moment. <laughs> right. And, and why right. does he say here? Why does he say? For lack of knowledge. Very good. Yeah. Whose knowledge? Knowledge of him. Yeah. Which is they, don't exact, know, they don't know him. Yeah. They don't know him. Which is no, exactly. Relationship. Exactly. The yada, they don't know him. They don't know him in a relationship anymore because their their only thing they're concerned about is their big houses. Their big houses well, and, yeah. and partying. Yeah, and partying. Yeah. Bring on the alcohol. Saw the seventies. <laughs> yeah, and sounds familiar, huh? It does. Nothing new under the sun. Is it? Nothing new under the sun. Is right. Yeah. In verse fourteen, mm-hmm. it says, "Therefore, shoal yeah, has enlarged his appetite." What shoal? Well, we would call that hell. In the Old Testament, they didn't have the concept of hell exactly like we do as Sheol. It is the place where people die, okay? So it's death. It actually just represents death. And so here's the irony, is that people are causing others to sort of die and doing things to repress and oppress others. And so you can sort of picture the, the people doing that and God saying... I, you're taking away people's food. You're taking away, you know, they're, they're hungry, right? It says right there, the men go hungry. They're parched for thirst. Okay. Again, think of the creation story. What was all the plants and everything there for? For us to eat. Mm-hmm. Okay. But now what's going to happen is the men go hungry, and what ends up eating them is just this horde. It's almost yeah. like a horror movie. It's all of a sudden, you can picture, do you guys ever see Lost? Okay, and then you watch it. All of a sudden, that dark smoke, smoke cloud comes and. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <You know? laughs> that Sheol coming upon them and bringing death over them. Where there's supposed to be life, there's only death. Uh-huh. And everything's desolate and gone. You just see, I don't know, God is just amazing. 
I mean, if you want to know where you get horror stories from, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah but I it open its mouth beyond yeah. measure. I know. That is, a, just is such <laughs> a descriptor. That's just yeah. insane. Without measure. Yeah. Without measure. Where do you see that? Yeah. Right below yeah. the port. It's at 14. Oh, yeah. Very good. Yeah, very good, Bruce. You see that? And yeah. Then, and then everybody, multitude go down, and our multitude will go down. Um, we won't, we, we can keep going through. You guys should, like, tonight, I mean, this week, go and read through the rest of these woes. The woes, yeah. And just read them and think about this creation story and think about how you see the reversal of that happening, of this chaos. And I mean, and here, verse yep. eight, uh, 15 crazy. is a great one. Man is humbled. Notice how God, what did I say? Judgment. Judgment. Justice is setting things right. Okay, so what does it say in verse 15? Man is humbled, each one is, and each one is brought low, and the eyes of the haughty are brought low. So what does man do? He puffs himself up and thinks, I'm man, I'm like God. Okay, which we know he was not created to do, right? Starts ruling over others, and what's God going to do in judge, to bring justice? He's going to set things right. Going to flip the coin. Yeah. Hmm. The greatest becomes the least. The least become the greatest. The and what ultimately ends up happening is God sets things back right mm-hmm. how they're supposed to be. So you just see God's just passion to say, I created this world for me to live in a relationship with you. This is how it's to be, Genesis 1. And when it starts going awry, God's... That's what justice is for, to set it back mm-hmm. right for mm-hmm. God. Um. One of the things that uh, I'm noticing in here and, and have through the, all of it is the way, again, God's speaking to us, right? In, in these ways that he wants us not only to understand the way he thinks, but also in the way that we can understand, Right? And exactly. And, and what, what does it say, Isaiah? We want you to understand. Right, right, right. And over and over, there are it, and and it ends up back with Jesus ultimately. This concept of eating and drinking. There's a consumption yeah. theme throughout all of this, like Sheol, yeah. right? Yeah. But but, and w- what do you do with wine? You. You drink it, right? Yeah. It's a, it's he wants to con- consume us and us to be in him, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And anyway, it, it and what's uh, supposed to be in us, right? It goes back to even what we're doing in the um, yes Matthew and in, in the Sermon on the Mount, right? That's right. I and mean, ultimately, what does God say to everyone? And they go, "Oh, that's weird. I'm out of here." Right? Is is you, you, you got to eat me? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's fascinating. So we'll end with um, well. A good note, but with verse 30 um, in 5, and I'll just read it. Just And so listen again. They will growl over it on that day like the growling of the sea. Where do we hear about sea before? And if one looks to the land, behold darkness and distress, and the light is darkened by its clouds. You hear just again how you're moving into what? It's like all of a sudden... Yeah, tohu bohu, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. But ultimately, and everyone, you guys kept saying it, why does he do this? Because ultimately he wants to... Bring us back. Yeah, that's right. 
What's called a new creation. You know what I love to see? Like if there was like a, you read every verse and there's like a piece of art next to it. I swear it's so detailed. Like I'd love to see like one of these talented folks here draw this like, I'm, or paint this. Like, mm-hmm. serious. It would be like the coolest thing to even watch. Just ideas out there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got you three. Yeah. The Sistine Chapel. No, it would be like Just amazing to flip through these sometimes and see like who brought that one uh, when we did what study was that? We had that that one beautiful artwork. Um, oh yeah, but um, um, what's that guy? What's his name? Um, I forget his name. Was it him or was that? Remember uh, he did that teaching that day and he had we're outside. Um, with it was during the beginning of COVID. What's that guy's name? He always brings his own chair. Oh, uh, Tom. Oh, Tom. Tom. Yeah. Hey. Oh. Remember he brought that. He did that teaching. I forget what book we were in at that point. No, we were, yeah. we were in the Galatians. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it, just, just seeing artwork with it. it yeah, just, it's exactly. Like, Tom Shines. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, it wasn't his artwork. It was something he right. found. Yeah. Yeah. Someone else. But it was right. just, I mean, you read some of these and you're like, man, I'd love to see that right. painted. Right. And this would be so, because it's so detailed the way God like lays it out. It's so vivid. Like Painting it is, I've tried over and over again but always come short. Oh, I bet. Because it, the the idea is is so profound, and I find myself getting lost in uh, not feeling like I'm communicating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I get. I, 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 I tried it over, and I've. I'll, I'll send something to. Jeff and he says keep going and then I, I throw it out. So yeah, and then and then I then we have like your art that sits in my office yeah. that I left so I can get and I still come back, <laughs> but I still have it hanging in my office of the most beautiful place in California of Yosemite and you just painted that with the form and fill that was amazing, the depth and the light. I mean you capture the whole thing in that. And I bet so. it's hard to capture like words. It's hard to cap. Well, and and just like the vision of God. I I don't know how you might do it, but I, I try to visualize it in my mind. Absolutely. Yeah. And then and then paint it, but I don't have enough skill at this point to to do it. Yeah, but it's tough. Jay Jay always Jay said that one time when he was preaching that if he could be any place in time, he would like to be in. Um, a I can't remember which city it was, Lystra or something, where there was a, an academy that Paul was teaching. And he said he'd like to be at the table with them. <laughs> and I worked almost a year and a half on a painting of that with Jay in it, sitting with Paul. Uh, and it was... Uh, and playing poker? No. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know. Different thing. No. But it was a, really an... There some dogs. And there was some nice... It was getting really It was getting yeah. really close. Yeah, it yeah. was getting close, but yeah. I... You know, in the end, I just gave up. Yeah. All right, well, Father, we just thank you for this evening. And Lord, that we... Just amazing that we all are sitting here talking, filling up this room that you created us from the very beginning... Mm-hmm. You have that plan. And Lord, we just thank you for the majestic creation that you have done. And I pray that for all of us, even this week, as we leave this room, Lord, as we unfill this room to go out into the fill of the world, 
that we worship you as we see the beauty of your creation everywhere we look. Everywhere we look, Lord. Amen. And that when we do, we say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. And we worship you. And we say, thank you, Lord, that you are our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom Kingdom come, come, thy thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys.